why was it important to create Dream Was Black? Oh man, you know what? It 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 became important. I, I didn't. I, I'd be lying if I said I want to make something for the culture. Mm. It really wasn't that. But in writing it, I realized that the drafts somewhat became more political. Then realizing that actually we don't have as much of this as we think. Then I was like, damn, actually, there's almost, it's almost like it became a responsibility, which I learned, fortunately, in writing it. I'm a classic man. Hello, you're welcome to episode 34 of the Classic Manny Show. It is your boy, V1, V Only, and today I am joined by writer, actor, director, Ajani Sama. How are you doing? Oh, yo, madam, we're good, brother. How are you going? Good, 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 good. I'm good. Enjoying this weekend. Before we go any further, I've got to thank Vamp UK for making this possible. My favorite ladies, they're doing amazing things for the culture. I'm super excited for this episode. Of course, it's my first time meeting you. So I thought it was only right to start with an icebreaker. Just to, let's just say what I'm saying. <laughs> so I've got some, I think, eight lighthearted questions. So first question, I did my research and I read that you're really into books. So I wanted okay. to ask you, what are your favorite genres when it comes to books? Yo, um, I'd say it has to be something in self-development. Oh. So whether that is on finance or Ooh. productivity or creativity, um, novel-wise, actually, I don't know, I just love a black novel. I don't know. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. Anyway, it could have been America, Jamaica, <laughs> England, Nigeria, Ghana, I'm in a business where it won there, Kenya. Yeah, I'm <laughs> why is self-development very important to you? Because that is very important to me as well. But I want to ask you, why is that very important to you? Um, because I just feel like nothing is static in our life. So it's either going forward or backwards. So I prefer to just keep going forward. You know what I mean? It's facts. It's facts. Yeah. The next one, name three of your favorite albums of all time and why? Oh, man. Yeah, I give you a all time. time. Mm-hmm. Jesus, all right. <laughs> it depends upon my mood. Yo, I have too much. You know, depending upon my mood, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or let me not speak to of all time. Let me speak to at the time, like mm-hmm. the most impact an album had at a particular time in my life. That's good. That's good. That's good. Cool. Let's do that. Um, may I say Drake first album? Thank oh. you later. I can see that's a good one. The taste is jumping. Yeah, the taste see, is jumping. See, yeah, no, nah, you see when that first album that it dropped, like I was in a period in my life when it just start kind of the film. And mm. like, you know, it's funny, I guess for me as a youth, we come up regular. Obviously, you see rappers and you see, you know, every man come from the streets. Yes. Every man is dead. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> obviously, I'm a vibe with it, but like, me never shell nothing yet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So I, I love it, but, I, but whereas when Drake came out, I was just like, yo, but that you kind of stay like me. Like, yes. it's really about that life mm-hmm. like that, but man still, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Still from ends. So I, mean, I said that album there. Um, what other album? You got two more. <laughs> two more that impacted me at that time. Yes. At, that time. And Drake was a good start as well. That was a very good start. <laughs> no, you know, actually, you know, when I listen to the other later. Mm-hmm. I, so, I don't know how young it is, but TLC fan mail. Oh, this, I think I was probably just one at the time, but no. it's a classic. <laughs> it's funny, because I don't even know how many be at the time. Oh, I'm But I remember I had that shit in the cassette, like a yes. Walkman. <laughs> like, I'm gonna beg my mother for bite, yo. Like, I don't know why I beg her for bite. And beg her for bite. And I was like, yeah, I'm used to just rinse that tune there. Because I think that was the album that, you can buy hair if you want. Like, vibing. Um, so that album as well. And... What else, actually? What's, like, another album? Because, bruv, there's certain albums where when them drop, you, mm-hmm. like, rinse and repeat, can't done. 
the replay value was there. The replay value was there. That's heavy. right. Um, I would say, actually, to pimp a butterfly when that came out. No, your music taste is amazing, you know. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I remember when that one that come out and the oh. energy again, yo. You know, it is sometimes, you know, as yeah, sometimes music, mm-hmm. sometimes music encapsulates a feeling that Absolutely. you can't quite articulate. Yeah. And I remember the vim where the man come with, with that. Yes. I was just like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, rinse and repeat. So, when I said three albums that they have the most impact mm. at the time was, would be those three. Yeah. Nah, the, the taste is jumping. The taste, I'm <laughs> like, these are albums that really changed the game in different ways and different uh, times as well. So, amazing taste. Amazing yeah, taste. Yeah, My yeah. next question now is what's your favorite Jamaican dish? You know what? My favorite Jamaican dish I never eat again. Ah! Yeah, no, I come a pesca- I'm pescatarian. Oh. Yeah, well, you say oxtail, bro. Oh, I had that this week. <laughs> elite, elite, elite. That's oh. elite level, like, the cuisine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. a jaddy man. <laughs> <laughs> I will enjoy it for you, okay? I, I know yeah, you man, enjoy, people even enjoy it for me. <laughs> so my next question is, what's the best gift you've ever given and received? The best gift I've ever given? And received, that, both of them. Um, damn, the, the, the best gift I've ever given. Man, no, you know, man, no. What's the best gift I've ever given? What, gift giver? <laughs> I am not so for so gifts is not my love language. So I give ah. gifts to people who that is their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, oh man, what are your love languages? That you're thinking about actually, what are your love languages? Acts of service, quality time. That's me. Ah, no, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so gifts. But I know. But I have to take. But I, but I, but I have to take what I want. It. No problem. The best gifts I've ever received. Cause okay. I did some research. I found that your mom got you a gift that really helped you act. Uh, well, she gave me a camera. That's it. That's it. (laughs) So, yeah, she gave... Actually, that would be... If we're to really talk about impact, she gave me my first... (laughs) My first two cameras. Wow. Bought me as presents. So, actually... If we're really deep it, the camera is probably the most impactful gift I'm get. That is actually, yeah, that is research. I did my research. I did my research. Yeah, I can't come yeah, that, well, I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> um, one of the best gifts I've given, jeez. I don't know, man. It doesn't have to be like a physical gift. It can be something sentimental, you know? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd, have to th- I'd have to think. We'll come back to that. If, if we come yeah. back to that, let me know. We'll answer that question. No, the next question <laughs> is, what's your favorite movie of all time and why? Favorite movie? Oh, man. People love asking me that. So, I've, <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. Move, as I said, there are a set of movies which if it's if it on, mm-hmm. we will watch it because okay. it's dead. Mm-hmm. And that, would I have to be if Moonlight on me, I go watch it. That's a beautiful movie. I yeah, if Moonlight on me, I go watch it. But if Matrix on me, I go watch it. Any one, of, any one of the three, me go watch it. Cool, cool. And actually, but I know so you know Gangs of London, yeah. You seen Gangs of London? No. So the, that director did a film called The Raid. Mm-hmm. If that on, me go watch it. Ah. It's nuts. Like, People think all them things that what people see. Like I'm like, brother, you should see where the man made the Korean mm-hmm. thing. It's, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but those are films yeah, I can just watch over and over and over. Parasite I can watch over and over. Oh, I don't know, bro. We really have like a one. Uh, of course, thing. especially as actors, well, I can tell it's a different genre. Yeah, yeah. We just they're all over the place. I understand. What was some of your favorite subjects in school? School, um, physics actually. Is it? Yeah, I'll think of that the creative stuff. Wow, nah, you know, you know <laughs> what was it physics? And no, actually, but I said, and it's because we have this one specific teacher where mm-hmm. nearly everything when would I teach with was the, he did we did experiments. Mm, I love this one, I love that. Yeah, so so because I just remember going into grade 10 and like this beer experiment we had every week, and that for me was sick because no, it's like. 
where I play with the fire and the mm. water, where I make things. So I really like making stuff. I said that, and there was another subject called beats building technology, which was like make again, it's making stuff. Uh-huh. So that would be like woodwork. So you're making like that's what we call the um, technology. Is it DNT for us? Oh, I think that's what them call it. In uh, the they definitely change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Jamaica and Jamaica them call it. Um, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, but yeah, it's just like making like tables, doors, chairs, all you know, stuff, cool. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cool. I'm My last very, question like, to you. Hands-on. So, what repeat what you said? Sorry, repeat what you said. No, I'm saying I'm very like hands-on-y ah, stuff, like yeah, physical stuff. My last question before we get into dreaming whilst black is: Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I don't know. You don't know. People will say I'm an, int- an extrovert, mm-hmm. but I feel like people who know me know me mm-hmm. will say I'm an introvert. Uh, wow. Yeah, I feel like I'm very like, like I'm very internal. I'm actually very much like my own space or like, like I'm really up on a big, like I much prefer like a, yeah, yeah. That's what I would say I'm introverted, but I know people will say I'm extroverted. Ah, uh, well, we think you're like a merge of both. Was it? What's yeah. The- Hey, I, I forgot what the word is, but you might be a merge of both, I guess. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, cool, 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 cool. So it's now time for us to get into Dreaming Wilds Black, which premiered, oh. the pilot actually premiered on BBC. First of all, congrats on that. That is a huge <laughs> deal. How does that feel, actually, before we get into what it's all about? How did that feel? Yo, it, you know what? Yeah, I'm just grateful. Cause we work hard, work really, really hard, and we've we've reached like to be able to share it to be able to have it on youtube and be able to come back with like a proper budget and with like the proper backing yes to really like show the fans like look this is what we can do with money with time is yeah i'm just glad for for we're just glad to say we can share it with the people no i love that so tell us what dreaming was black it's all about let us know what it's all about uh yeah so dreaming was black is about a young black um Londoner who is wants to be a filmmaker but is caught in a dead end job mm. and has to kind of try and juggle the two or sacrifice one for the other. Yes. So it's about that. That's amazing. And what was the process like creating Dreaming Wars Black? I think it was a nine part web series before and then yeah. you, so tell us about all that that whole process. Oh, what the web series? I mean, it's we've done essentially two completely different things. Mm-hmm. So let us know about the whole, like, even the whole process of transitioning into like even doing the pilot again. So the whole. Oh yeah. So I guess so. The quick, long story short, the web series started in. I came up with the idea in 2016. Wrote, started writing with uh, Bridget of mine, Ali. Made mm-hmm. it with a company that me and my friends figured called Four Quarter Films. Started shooting the end of six, 2016. Mm-hmm. Finished shooting the end of 2017. Yeah. Never have money, so we just save and shoot. Right. That premiered March 2018. Mm. By March 2019, I think, is when BBC got wind of it. And they commissioned us to write a pilot. Wow. Wrote the pilot. Obviously, pandemic. <laughs> and the pandemic 2020. And we ended up rushing to shoot and release Ooh. just to get it done um, this year. So we ended wow. up shooting March again, 2021. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, that's a very long story. Very the turnaround time for that is amazing, especially for how it turned out as well. The execution, we'll get into execution in a bit because I personally I, loved it. I loved it a lot. The grading to the casting. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's amazing. I, but tell us more about Krabna. Fun fact, my god name is Krabna. That's my Ghanaian name. Oh, yeah. I said, wow, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so tell us more about Krabna. Was Krabna inspired by anybody? Was inspired by you? Oh, uh, yeah. So I actually have another virgin um, who, but I'm the same name for Krabna. <laughs> but his name is also Krabna. Wow. Come on. So, but I don't know. People don't know him as that. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, all right, cool. That's it, and it's similar because I didn't want it to be my own name, like Issa, Issa Rae. Yes, um, I just feel like it get messy, yo. People that chat about Issa, but then I talk about the character. Yes, I was like, yo, I'm gonna really want that messiness. I'm like, yo, let me just give him another name. But the idea was to still have <clears throat> a Jamaican person with a West African name. Of course. 
Well, that's amazing. So during the show, or during the pilot, I should say, uh, the colleagues actually caused Kravna quabs. Was that intentional when you wrote the script? Was the thing where oh, they, they couldn't actually shorten his name to make it easy for the white person? How was that like for you, creating that, that short name for him? So quabs. <laughs> yeah, yo, but it's obviously there are musicians called quabs, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, awesome. so we did write it intentionally as <laughs> like, depending on who is speaking to him and when, would they go between the familiar yes. name and the professional mm-hmm. name? So, like, if you realize in the bo- like his boss mm-hmm. actually calls him Quabana, mm-hmm. but his colleague who asking him about the black girl called him Quabs. Yes. So, yeah. So it's just it's just really being intentional about like familiarity and understanding stakes and dynamics where we you know, we just tweak the dialogue to mm-hmm. to feel authentic. Yeah. So I want to go into some of my favorite scenes and some of the, the, yeah. the storylines as well, because I think the main one for me that I found most relatable was balancing the nine to five life with being yeah. a creative. Yeah. As you know, the podcast exists, but I also work in trade finance during the week as well. So I can <laughs> definitely relate to that. Like literally the struggles having to, because if I'm being honest here, yeah, I hope they don't come and fire me. But if I'm being honest... <laughs> That balance, it can be tough, especially when you're yeah. such a detail-focused person. You like you don't want to rush your creative stuff and say you have to do your job well so you can actually maintain it. So how yeah. relatable was that to you as well, especially you? Oh, that's been me. That's been me. That was me for years. You know what I mean? And even when I transitioned fully to film, mm-hmm. it there was still the juggle of paying the bills work yeah. and creative work, yeah. which sometimes is drastically different. Yeah. Like filming events or filming properties, empty buildings is really not why I'm going to film school. <laughs> but if I do that, yeah. I can make my short film or I can make my web series, you know what I mean? So that is 100% myself and probably most filmmakers or any creative. Yes. Another thing that I loved as well is when we went to go and order the drinks and then the waiter for that, you knew the black man that was next to you. That <laughs> <part> had me... <laughs> <laughs> But it's so relatable because they always assume, oh, we know each other. So have you had any experiences of that in the real world? If so, that, uh, yeah, man. All the that's time. a story time. <laughs> all the time. That's not that, you know, that's not a new thing. Or or it's funny, I'll be walking with like a, a white virgin and, you know, a black man will walk past and nod to me. I'm a nod to him. But yes, the nod. The you know nod. him? <laughs> like, no, I don't know him. It's like, oh, because he, he nodded at you. Oh, is like, it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Oh, it's actually very relatable. Like, especially in the workplace. I've gone through that as well in the workplace. But speaking of the workplace as well, I think another relatable scene was having that uncomfortable conversation in the in the like, cafeteria. Mm. Oh my god. It's <laughs> annoying. And I think I spoke about that in my one of my old episodes about setting boundaries. It's actually very hard because you don't want to seem dismissive, but in the same breath too, like they're, they're doing too, too, too much sometimes, but... Yo, sometimes it's too much. Or sometimes you never really want to know. You know, it's young people cool, but it's like, yo, I'm not really cool like that, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, I actually want to know. But you can't... You Obviously, now that man feel open to share, you don't want to be a dickhead and be like, actually, don't oh. tell me what you like. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, nah, nah, that, that was fun. All of that, man, it was so fun recording, actually, all of those scenes, because it was just good to to see. So, you know, sometimes you write things in your head and you feel like you're funny. Yes. You know, me and Alice sit down and write and we feel like you're funny. But then when you actually go up on set and have actors that do it, you're like, yo, this is actually, it's actually funny. Yes, I'm telling you. <laughs> also, you spoke about food in the workplace and that's something I feel like a lot of us can relate to even going back to school. Like, when you bring jollof rice, you bring the rice and peas and the oxtail, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You have people listen, oh, what's that? Oh, that smells interesting. So, have you had experiences of that, of that as well? Oh yeah, no, no, that that that's an everyday. Then I, again, like I like to say for jokes that Dreaming Was Black is a documentary. Ooh, like, uh, ooh, ooh. We don't actually make up most of this stuff. Like you know, of course, of course, of course. I feel like, like, it's either happened to me or it happened to somebody who would know. Yes. So we just kind of take all of these stories and dash them into one character. Boom, they yes. go. Yes, yes. So I also talk about what, what I enjoyed as well. So I enjoyed the transition from dreaming to reality as well. But I think mm-hmm. the last scene where of the whole thing that happened in the karaoke night, I mm-hmm. thought that was a dream. I didn't realize that's a reality. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how it kept, that catch enough fever. Oh, oh God, my God. I said he really said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
No, but I love that part. We're going to get into that in a bit. But how was it like? So that, that created that, that whole process of the dream into reality. What made you want to do that in the script writing process? Um, so it's something that we adapted from the web series, and mm-hmm. it's something that we really thought that actually, as a black person or many people who have some form of ism going against them, yeah. is that you because of power dynamics, you can't actually express yourself and there are loads of things that we want to say but can't say because you know you don't want to get fired like more tell a man about himself but actually still want to pay rent yes. so yeah <laughs> or you want you know it's like you see a girl walk past and uh, when she reach way down the road <laughs> you were like yo you know send me this said this though this would be a bar and it's like but you never do it in the moment yes. so just that idea of uncertainty Mm. who we believe ourselves to be but who we actually are yeah. was like actually dream sequences we can have loads of fun with that of course and we can also tease the audience with that in terms of because really the wildest shit that happened is real yeah it's actually yeah. the mild stuff <laughs> that was a dream so even we can still play with the audience in terms of Absolutely. do they know when he's gonna do it like do, you know you like and just so yeah, that's something that we want to continue playing in the audience with well, in terms yeah, of I, like, I love that. You'll be watching a scene and feel like, yeah, man, I dream this, and then it just keep going, and you're like, rah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to talk about nepotism. What made you want to explore nepotism in the pilot as well? Um, because it's just a reality. It is. It really it, is. It, and it probably will come up again in later episodes because you can't like the whole this whole country is. I'm telling you. Like, I think I saw a stat. There's a book. Oh, God, what is it? Radical Help by Mm -hmm. Hilary Cotton. And she talks about, I think, six out of ten jobs in the UK is through nepotism. Even my own. that's regardless (laughs) of industry. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the case of all of these jobs is literally a bringing. But even as, as simple as me know you, and I know that I work going on mm-hmm. over there. And I'm like, yo, money. Yeah. So apply for that thing. Because like, I'm here, so I'm going to do it now. So just apply yeah. early. Yeah, that's how I got my job. It's funny enough. Bruh, this, but you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is how, even as simple as that. Yes, absolutely. That's how this thing, that's how this play, this how, that's how the world works. You know, and I support it as well because the white people, they are used to the advantage. So we too, Everybody like, there's so much power in helping each other. I feel like that, that's something that is an issue yeah. in the creative industry as well. I think there's a lot of people that feel like, okay, once I've made it, let me close the door behind me. But I think there's so mm-hmm. much power in uh, you know, the open, helping people get in because we can all win. It's not a thing about one person. Yeah. And then, all right. You know? So, and I think the issue with the nepotism, I guess in this country, one could argue that the issue with nepotism is that only certain people have access to mm. Because if me don't know nobody, or my mother don't know nobody, or my auntie don't know nobody, or a one set of man, a mm. one set of person in other job there alone, yes. then nobody else can get the nepotism. I the same man, I will get the nepotism all over again. <laughs> so we need for kind of diversify the nepotism. Like, yes, 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 yes. But yes. yeah, man. Now, I enjoy seeing Rachel Adeje in it as well. I love Rachel, by the way. I, I love Rachel. Uh, how was I working with her? She's a sweetheart. <laughs> she, she is great. She is actually... so. You know what, yeah? It's funny because I remember when they were like, yo, you know, Heather um, Bastin, who's the casting director, mm-hmm. was like, yo, she put forward Rachel. And I was thinking, oh, okay. I was like, you mean the, the woman from Hollyoaks? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm not going to lie, at first, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about the soap opera thing. Like, uh, <laughs> you know? And it's funny because I remember seeing the, the thing where she blasted them about the whole hair yes. discrimination thing. I and I was thing. like, oh! Mm-hmm. She looked like she had big money. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we bring her in and she smashed it. And Amazing. yeah, she absolutely smashed the audition. I'd love to see more of her in the future episodes. So oh yeah, yo, it's funny because, yo, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's because it's a pilot. Yes. Because it's a pilot and it's like, oh. you know, we have so much to do in like one app. Yes. You can't really fit in yes. everybody. But I mean, it's for being that we get more episodes. Yeah, we'll see her more. You will, in Jesus' name, you will get it. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, because actually, she's like, it's funny, because in, in terms of dynamics, her and Kwabena are actually closer mm. than 
Corbin and Maurice, like obviously, mm. Corbin, well, Corbin and Maurice are cousins, but like obviously they have their little tiff. Yes, yes, yes. That they do, but she's actually his version. So uh. that we'll see more. Don't worry, Rachel. Rachel, I like them. You know what? I love this. I love the fact. I think it was twenty-five minutes. From what I remember, it was twenty-five minutes, right? Yeah. But I feel like we saw so many possibilities that can happen from that 25 minutes yeah. alone that I'm so excited for. You explored so many things, even microaggression. And what I loved was that you explored certain things, but it was not heavy to watch. Like, it was not too heavy. Like, even when I was asking about movies, and it's, all the movies had to do with trigger warnings to those that are listening, yeah. the rape, all that kind of stuff. Literally, it wasn't even heavy because, like, you know what? This actually happens in the workplace, but how it was explored, it was as lighthearted as possible. How important was that for you as a creative as well? How important was it to make sure that it was not you're dressing things but it's not too heavy yeah man because man, I'm not gonna lie sometimes even me get bogged down mm. with just the constant drama 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 <laughs> drama just said Jesus Christ like you know at least for me at least I'm my bridging them like for say during high school like high school did rough like high school did really rough mm. but I don't look back at high school as a depressing time. Actually, yeah. a beer madness is like it was fun. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I said beer madness never happened. Mm-hmm. And like when you actually look back on some of the shit that we were even laughing at, you're like, bro, that's actually like violence, like real life violence. Yes. But we laughed. Like I feel like I laughed more than I cried. So mm-hmm. I just feel like when we're making a show about like a black person. Yeah. Yeah. They, yes. There's a version. If you really for just deep, what happened to black people? It's depressing. It okay. actually is depressing. Yeah. yeah. But if you're to take the holistic experience of a black person, mm-hmm. it's vibes. Yeah. You know? There's so much more to us. Like there's so much more to us. So, yeah. Man, it was just important to show the the, the, the multi layered nature of yeah. like a. Uh, this particular character's black experience that actually even though he's shit and even though we show the shit yeah. in, in it like with him being rejected like him not getting the, the opportunity and stuff and how that feels mm-hmm. it's like even within that it's vibes yeah like, so. absolutely absolutely yeah, absolutely like, there's so many things that I love but I think the last one I'll touch on for now was <laughs> the getting caught in the bus door <laughs> Listen. That was hilarious, but of course, with that happening, you got to meet. Well, I think her name was Vanessa in it, right? Yes, yes. yes, Vanessa. You got to meet Vanessa. So, how was that like creating that scene? Like, what? I can't imagine how funny it was recording that scene. So, Bruh, but you know what? It's actually how technical it was to record that scene. Let us not get into that a bit more. <laughs> yeah, I was about to remember. People don't. People like obviously we, we film it and it look how it look, but like mm-hmm. there's then there's a whole health and safety of of doing it. Yeah, and even amongst doing it my can't say exactly what happened but at some point it was like yo wait 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 part of the set let's <laughs> readdress how we're going to shoot this of course of because course we can't have no accident on set we just can't have that but it was tech but it was so fun even just like people were busting up just behind the camera yes. so yeah man it, but it, yo it, you know what that was so for me it was such a Man, that's such a tricky scene because oh, I can imagine. You know, oh, I can imagine, but I can't wait to see what happens between Crab Knight and Vanessa as well. In yeah, man, There's so much to explore. Oh, I can't wait. I can't. I'm, I'm just so excited for you. Like I literally quoted about my what I said when it ended. I said when it ended. Oh, I want to see more. <laughs> that's what I literally said. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing more. So I want to talk about like the lighting and color grading because I think as black people we're very particular about our color grading, how mm-hmm. our final edits, all that kind of stuff. How important was that for you? Well, you know what, yeah, is 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 funny because even again, so Sebastian's a director, uh, mm-hmm. but even just conversations with Biggie, the production and the DP John, it was like we all were kind of like on the same page. Cause most of the most of the heads of the department were black, mm-hmm. so even just in creative meetings, it was just this thing of knowing like, yo, with this, we're not fumble that bag yet. Like, <laughs> yeah, fumble. like we can't do this of you course. know what I mean and you see a lot of times when man just a duty of care to just like see us yes you know see us well so that was a very big thing and just like yo let's spend time let's yeah. spend the time like yeah. which we had to compromise other things in order for that to happen 
of course. But it was very important, like even just like the colors on the walls. Mm-hmm. It, it was detail. It was just like, all right, cool. So if the wall color is this, because we wanted that. Yeah. No, then it's like, cool, talk to the lighting team. Then I said, all right, cool. Then one light it like this. That go back to Cynthia and the makeup department because they're like, well, if these are the colors that you're going to use, yeah. then we have to make sure I said the makeup have the, all kind of layers. I mean, they understand, brother. Then I say, yo, you know, we need to make sure that you have red undertones yeah. so that it brings up the da 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 da. And just the level of detail, which everybody yeah. was like, we care about this looking, even with costume. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, even I wish the clothes that we did have was mine, but mm. they're not. Like, you know. You know? <laughs> But yeah, my favorite scene as well. I love the scene. Oh, the dinner scene. I think it was Kwabna and Amy. The mm. light in, in that scene. I said, just yeah, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> like man. the skin was glistening, not glistening, glistening. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved it. And something else I noticed as well was hair. Hair. Mm. I can mm. tell that hair was important. Mm. Even your bless hair as well. Your hair is amazing, by the way. First of all, bless, bless. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. So funny enough. Again, it's just bro. It's just getting. It just showed me, and well, not just, it just proved the importance of getting people who truly care mm-hmm. about black people. Yeah. Not just about a project, about black people. Because Cynthia, here and makeup, head of hair and makeup, I remember first meet, even just first conversation, I was like, listen, mm-hmm. we are, we're now ramp with that thing. Here, you know? She's like, don't worry, I got you. <laughs> Step in, makeup, hair designers, yeah. black, cool. That's the first half. But even second, when we were when I went when we went in for the fitting, mm-hmm. and I've acted in other shows. Of course. But um when I came in for the fitting was the first time it was like, cool, so these are the references that we're thinking of. We have these different designs. Mm-hmm. We're gonna sit down and try out all these looks. And I'm thinking, yo, like, even yo, as much as I'm growing my hair, but I've never really I've never really put my hair in a style. It's mm-hmm. either up or down. That's mm-hmm. it. But when she came in and it's like, cool, we have like these five designs. We're going to try all of them out. I'm thinking, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it so happened when I'm chatting to Danny, um, who plays Amy in the show. Mm-hmm. She was telling me, yo, like the way of them laid on my edges, like. Wow. Thinking, and again, it was just that detailed care. Yo, make, oh, make sure oh. all of the black women them think turn up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we want black women to see themselves and be like, yo, oh, like God. even forget tips. Be like, okay, like, I wonder what she used for fear thing. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? No, it's so but important. Like, bro, it's just, for every department, it literally was just that duty of care to be like, look, we want black people to look lit. Of course. Of course. So, like, we have come a long way, you know. We've actually come a long way. I think I remember someone talking about how they had to use um, hot cocoa as foundation. I said... Uh-huh. Right. No, I was, I'm happy right. that you guys made that a priority as well. That's amazing to see. Yeah, man, it was yeah. important. Hey, look, we just look. It's just a duty of care. It's of just course. like, yo, man, if we're gonna make a show about Black British culture, or I guess yeah. Black London mm-hmm. culture, we'll have to represent. Like, we'll have to truly represent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was it. That was it for us. That was the goal. Represent. Yeah. What were the pros and cons of being the lead actor in the role that you wrote? Oh man, um, look, because I've not really, like, I mean, I'll say I'm not really an actor. I'll say I'm a new actor. Mm. So the first thing I ever acted in was the web series and wow. then the show again after that, right? And it's just, man, the level. The first time when I wrote the show, and halfway through writing it, I wasn't the, actually the actor. Right. So I was just writing. Mm. And then it was when we realized that we have to go pay an actor and how much money that our cost. I was like, now nah, so me do it. <laughs> but then I was like, hold on. I've written a sex scene. I've written a masturbation scene. I've written a scene where he sees ass. And I'm like, wait, hold on. So me, I forgot all of this. <laughs> so it's like, I guess this, the, the, the con is... In order to tell the best story, I am now inadvertently putting myself in very uncomfortable situations sometimes. Oh my God. And me having to accept, like, I don't shout out to the actors who just stay acting all the time. Mm. Because the level of vulnerability and the level you have to open yourself up 
all the time. I'm thinking, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't really want to do it too, too often, but uh, it, it's emotionally draining. It is okay. emotionally draining. Okay. So, yeah, those are definitely the cons mm-hmm. of it. What about, but, the, what about the pros? Give us some pros too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yo, you know what? Yeah, it's funny because some of the pros are sometimes I see myself on camera and I'm thinking, yo, are, are you that? I'm thinking, shit. Come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's I know funny. that's right. <laughs> Bro, even even with milk, I was like, I remember being on set, I was thinking, you know what? I understand why the woman them love this makeup thing, you know, because <laughs> big man thing. Like, if me never they ever get judged for this thing, but I think about it. Like, but I think about it, like, my skin look clean. I'm, I'm, telling, you. Like, I'm telling you. I even did a photo shoot as well. I had to wear makeup as well. And I said, wow, I understand. I um, think I <laughs> yo, my cat, yeah, listen. Oh, Just. gosh. My final <laughs> question on Dream Wars Black before we get into you mm. is why was it important to create Dream Wars Black? Oh, man. You know what? It, it, it became important i, I didn't I, I would be lying if i said i want to make something for the culture mm. it really wasn't that it was really just i want to make a web series i don't have money we need to make something within locations that i understand mm. i understand filmmaking because i'm a filmmaker i'm black i understand well <laughs> yeah you get the point yes. so i but in writing it i realized that the drafts somewhat became more political Mm. or they became like like messages that started coming through yeah and then realizing that actually we don't have as much of this as we think then i was like damn actually there's almost it's almost like it became a responsibility which i learned fortunately in writing it that now like if you go and do this about a people who don't normally get stories there's a certain level of responsibility that I feel like black artists have. Of course, yeah. To not mug up the thing. Like, we can't make the same mistakes like, like white people can't make. Because, like, there are a million white shows and a million white films. Mm-hmm. Unlimited amount. Mm-hmm. So if, if a new artist come up and make a film that shit, it's not judged in the same way as, you're misrepresenting white people. Mm-hmm. How could you do this to us? It's mm-hmm. kind of just seen as, whatever, that was shit. But may I go back and watch Nothing Hill. Yes. Or may I go back and watch every other show that's like great content yeah. about white people. Whereas because of the lack of content for black people, black audiences really ride for whatever they get. Mm-hmm. And it really means much more because we don't have enough. It's true. So I got take like you need to come correct, fam, because we might not see another thing for a few months. It's true. <laughs> no, you understand. So there's a certain pressure and responsibility, which is to some level unfortunate because like, look, artists deserve to just grow as well, right? Yeah, yeah I should be allowed to make shit work and keep having the opportunity to make more work and yeah. grow along the way. Yeah, but. Unfortunately, we ain't out here like that. Yeah. So the, the, the burden or the responsibility falls on Black artists that your first outing needs to come correct. Yeah. And in writing it and in just having friends and, and like, you know, my partner at the time, it was kind of like, brother, like, if you're going to speak for the people, you need, yeah. to, yes. you need to come correct, fam. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it became this, 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 yeah, the resp- we, 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 I realised the responsibility <laughs> in writing it. Yes. And I read that a lot of books influenced it as well along the way. Yeah, I man. That. I stayed, yo, brother, you know what? Yeah, you can't take, I remember reading this book called Nigger by Dick Gregory. Mm-hmm. And who's, a, who's a, like an old comedian. Mm-hmm. And he said he thought he understood blackness because he was black. Mm. Until he met Malcolm X. Wow. And Malcolm X was like, why do you believe you understand the multiplicity or the multifaceted nature of blackness when you have not studied it? Yeah. He's like, at best, you understand yourself if you're self-aware. Wow. But you also, you don't even understand how the macro issues that affect you impact who you are because you ain't read nothing. So I said, "Wow, that okay. is a word, Jesus." You know what I'm saying? So I was like, "You well, humbled me." 
You know what I'm saying? But if, 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 if so I was like, well, if I'm going to write a show about black people, I can't just rest on the laurels that I am black. Mm-hmm. I don't experience everybody blackness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. I was reading, I started, because again, at the time I just started reading, and I was reading a lot of like books on race and racism, you know, critical race theory from an African-American perspective. But I remember during the web series, I was like, actually, we need to start shifting focus. Because mm. again, African-Americans speak to the African-American experience. Yeah. So whereas some things are translatable, mm-hmm. it's not actually copy and paste because you deal with a new country yep. versus an empire, yep. right? So the isms manifest different. Yeah. So, it, you know, I began just reading more kind mm-hmm. of black British-centric books like from K&D Andrews, Afua Hirsch, Mm-hmm. Obviously, we read things, you know, like Rennie Edda Lodge and all them book there. Yeah. But really, like, more critical books, like, no, even with the TV show, I'm reading more in-depth books wow. about Britishness, like Sam Selvan, Stuart Hall, you know, Darkus Hall, just to really understand, like, wow, how did we get here? Yeah. In this space, where we have Caribbean culture, now we have Afrobeats, is now, like, the main mm-hmm. thing, you know, like... Yeah. How did we get here almost? So yeah, man, we read Holy and that it's funny because we read all of this stuff to then present a comedy. <laughs> I mean, like we do all of this work just to present jokes. Mm. But I feel like, you know, one of the things that people say is that oh, them feel the authenticity or them feel the, the nuances. Yes. And I'm like, it's all of that reading uh-huh. that boils down to making a joke about 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 like I don't know about the whole about expectations yes or like about films mm. I've been reading going for for me that the one joke that to understand like actually why is it that all of these mad trauma films are getting Oscars yeah like yeah. you see what I'm saying absolutely so yeah man it, it's, it's a lot of work to just present of course jokes. of course and it's paid off child listen the uh, the pilot <laughs> I really can't wait for more. Listen, if I to go to BBC headquarters, I will go I have, oh I have and just have a, have a plaque and say, yo, we need it. Yes. <laughs> so where can the people find Dream Wild Black before we get into you? So where can they find uh, you? BBC iPlayer. That's Check right. it out. You know what I'm saying? That's where we at. Of course, of course. And there are clips, obviously, on like my socials, BBC, BBC Three socials. So yeah, that's where you can watch it. That's good. So we're going to get into you. And I think it's only right to start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so please tell us, how was it like growing and yeah, growing up in a Jamaican household? How was that like for you? Yo, that, bruv, again, like, I can look back, like there are two versions of this story. Mm. There's a story... That's the drama. Parent <laughs> home and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Or there's actually the jokes of like actually it was it was fun. Oh. Like like I don't know. Like I feel like when I think back of my childhood, all I remember is just running up and down oh. with my cousin them on like because really my cousins lived on uh, Dead End Road. Mm-hmm. So not many cars were actually on the street because the only time a car come is if they might drive to somebody's house. Who them know, right? Mm-hmm. So we used to just like we used to play football up on the street, yeah. and I remember their Christmases was crazy because like loads of it was actually a weirdly euphoric street <laughs> because there were loads of kids on the street in a similar age range. Yeah. So like I remember one Christmas, everybody get bicycle same time. Wow. Like, wow. so like the whole way I ride up and down, just follow the leader, all kind of shit. And, or like, I remember Virgin's mother send down, you know, barrel, you know, send down barrel from like mm-hmm. America or something. She send down a barrel with like six scooter. Wow. So like, everyone has scooter for that. You know what I mean? Like, I just, that, that's what I remember. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, parenting. Um, but it's funny because even for me, like, it used to be funny when other people used to get beaten. Like, <laughs> as long as it's not me now, at least, I'm good. I'll <laughs> <So>. cry. <laughs> and I'd be my, my younger sibling as well. I was watching, I'm like, hmm, I'm like, good for you. <laughs> oh my God. That's... So I so get you on that. It was, yo, it was just carefree, bro. And I won't lie, it's only until I come to England, like, as an adult. And... 
just seeing this thing of like racism. Ah, mm. oh, this is mad. Like obviously Jamaica have the Jamaica have colorism. You understand that like classism. Of course, yeah. So, but even the colorism thing as a child, which I'm sure must have happened here, mm-hmm. was all of the girl in my dead over the light skin man. Mm. And it's just like, okay, it's deep. But in a that deep, because you can be like black and funny, mm. or like black and good at sports. Mm. Or like, you know, you can add something else onto your dark skinness <laughs> you desirable, right? Yes, I get you. But that was the extent of it for me. So, and obviously for women at the time is a different story in terms mm-hmm. of the impact of women mm-hmm. with colorism. But from my personal experience, it was it, it was fun, man. Like dance hall. Listen, I grew up in a time with black cartel. Ah, like before my bleach and him was saying, you know, I said, well, yeah, you think it's easy? Oh yeah, run for it. You want rap parties at that time? Oh fuck! <laughs> I know that is right. <laughs> I love that. I love that it was fun. I love that it was. Yeah, fun. man. I, I can't. I honestly, I can't look back and be like, yo, man, I'd like. Uh, not to say we never had struggles, but we can't look back and say I had a shit childhood. No, man, it was it was jokes. That is beautiful. So I read that you were not always, or you didn't always know they had the passion for filmmaking. How that? How did you discover your passion for filmmaking? How did that happen? Bro, you know what? Yeah, I feel like I've always like I don't know. I just you know what? storytelling was my thing, mm. and it's funny bringing it back to like how you become acceptable in. Mm. Your, your society and my society was high school. Mm. It was, because you obviously had the sports stars, then you had like the bad man them, but then it's Jamaica, so actually the smart kids, mm. women who are the smart kids, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Them know the value, them know yeah. them man, they're going to make money. Yes. Like, <laughs> but then you also had the jokers, mm. which I feel like, I guess in my way of trying to fit in or find my currency in society. I was like, well, we can't, well, we definitely can't be a madman come a man. <laughs> but, but maybe I could be like funny, you know what I mean? And, 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 and so, yeah, it just kind of became like a thing of storytelling cause Jamaican humor is very specific. Like it's not what happens it's how the person tell the story. Yeah. It's almost based on the orator, mm. you know what I mean? Cause like, yeah, so a man, a man, a man can tell a story about a car crash. Like mm. I remember, uh, uh, somebody are telling about a car crash, and a man said, "Dog, the way the man body flick out of the car like um, ninja." Uh, <laughs> I mean, I said, "Jesus Christ!" Oh my God! <laughs> I'm like, bro, why would you describe like this is horrific? Wow. Why would you describe it like that? <laughs> I just so we tell a story, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've always just been f- interested in like, you know, just as you know, I'm that's how I, you know operate or exist in this space but it was when really my cousin came down mm. from England he, mm. was, he was studying he, my cousin, he's like three years older than me but we almost like brothers you know call him my brother so yeah Henry came down and these times I'm working in Jamaica so I'm just you know I'm driving him around and bring him you know bring him go all over the place for his photo shoots and film shoots mm. and man look on this man like yo like man yeah, like me like this. Like part of it was kind of the photo shoot with hot woman who me never know about. And I'm thinking, yo, man can assist still. Like, can I stay? Like, you know what I mean? But when he was doing the film shoots, it was just like, raw, like this is like it's fun. I like this is like the next step of me just busting jokes with my virgin. This is like, yo, you can make this a movie. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really what kick it off of like, yo, like. I can tell stories at this level. Mm. So yeah, I think from that summer, boom, I've, I've been running ever since. Amazing. I did my research and I found you did an ad for Smanoff. How was that yeah. working for Smanoff? Bruh, you know what? Yeah, let me tell you, make it till you make it is real. Mm. That's the realest thing. And I remember, because I utilized that even outside of film. Remember Kanye, when Kanye was just bust, bro, this man said he was the greatest. And I'm like, but this man didn't release an album. But him saying I'm the greatest. Wow. Wow. Something about that was like, hmm, interesting. And I remember going into sixth form, just being like, I'm the shit now. I'm Why? Because I said so. 
Mm-hmm. No qualifications needed. I qualified my own statements. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. And it's weird because even in that shift of mindset, people almost, it's, like, it's funny because the, the sixth form opened up more so like new people would come to school for sixth form. The people who never know me before was like, wow, who's this, who's this confident dude? Like, what's Meanwhile, the people who know me from back, when were like, rah, how come my must act like brand new? Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but even in film, man, we just, because they, they saw, we did like a web series that summer with my cousins, which was just like comedy sketches yeah. on, on YouTube and thing, on Vimeo. And Smirnoff, somebody at Smirnoff saw the video and it was just like, yo, like, you man, are you man a film company? Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, boom, and we just did the thing. That is amazing. And so, it, Rob, I was just like, we were out here saying we're full production company, and it was just <laughs> three cousins just doing a thing. But you, like, but you manifested it, though. You manifested exactly. it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I feel like you, it, you got it, film it, school. Huh? You got film school. Yeah, yeah. How was that like going to film school, actually? Bro, it's funny because I, so again, I came up for uni when I was like 18, but I studied architecture. So mm-hmm. when I finished, I went back to Jamaica. That's when I was doing my thing. And that's when I developed this kind of love for film and transitioned to film. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't know. I got to a stage where I was like, yo, I feel like my learning has plateaued yeah. in being on sets. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm, maybe I'll go film school. I feel like that will accelerate the learning again. You know what I mean? So I'll come up to England and go film school. And I won't lie, bro, like, it's formal education helps. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to a film school, but I would say what was good about film school is I made seven films in the space of 12 months. Wow. And that, cause that's just, you know, the modules, right? Wow. But every decision I made on every film was critiqued and I had to validate it <laughs> and I had to like justify it or change it. So I was challenging myself. Yeah. Whereas for the web series that we did the years before, we just dropped it on YouTube and you have your version them on Facebook. Yo, the other things. Or like you know you have the hate of it. Mm, that's dead. Of in course. It. Like, but not either the praise nor the hate gave constructive feedback to mm. grow. Mm. So we were just kind of winging it and kind of guessing ourselves. Like I guess this is what never worked. Why this never get views? Mm. And then making another one versus like a professional being like, why is the camera here? Oh. Why is it here and not lower and not higher? Mm. And it's funny because he'd be like, why don't you go closer? Oh, okay. And then you go closer. And he's like, why you don't go further? And you're like, brother, but you just tell me if we go closer. He's like, no, I asked you why you don't go closer. Mm. The point being, you should know yeah. why you're doing either thing. And I was like, rah. So like that, catapulted mm. just my skill sets and awareness details which was yeah man which was on our level and but also me for the second time being in England realizing the importance of being like black a black storyteller mm. because I remember even again you know film school you know you have one bag of managa film school I make beer things but you know I have to get 30 grand by the end of the night because somebody has my brother hostage or some shit. Mm. But, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? People are just experimenting. But I remember for my grad film, I was doing like, uh, so it's called His Father's Son and it's about a son who's trying to be seen as a man. So it's a kid who's like, you know, going in college, just trying to, you know, wanting his dad to like respect him. Mm. And I remember writing a draft and my tutor was just like, a white guy. And he was like, you're the only black person in this course. Mm. Whatever you say about black people, everybody will believe. Mm. Oh. So they be very careful about what you say yeah. about black people. That's true. And I was thinking, rah. So even, that even just shifted my mindset. Because obviously in the sense of that story, the father is the antagonist, right? Mm. So obviously technically he's the bad guy. Mm. He also made me think, even though he's the bad guy, mm. I really have to humanize this man. Yes. Because so at least audiences understand 
why he's making his decisions. Yes. yes. So they don't just see, oh, angry black father, obviously, that's all black man. Nah. He, they'll still see him and be like, rah, like, I get, I get why he's doing, mm. doing to his kid, even though I don't necessarily agree. Okay. But so, yeah, man, I really learned the importance of, like, yo, like, when you're telling stories about your own people, yeah. you need to get it correct. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's even contributed to where you are today, even with Dreamwise Black as well. I can definitely see all that influences in it as well. So that's oh, a- yeah, man. I get, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting one, even for our lead character, Kwabena, where, you know, he'll go on and make more mistakes uh-huh. and fumble the bag more. But... <laughs> fumble the bag more? Yeah, he's, 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 he's a perfect character. Fumble the bag. But, but it's even in that to, to, to humanize him so people can empathize. You might be like, bruv, why don't you do the thing? Mm-hmm. But, but you'll be like, yo, I get it. Mm. I get it, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, it's, 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 it's just about humanizing us. That's actually what it is. And, and spending the time to do that. Yes. My next question to you is, what are your thoughts on the TV and film industry today, especially for black people in terms of opportunities? What are your honest thoughts? No, this is a safe space. It's a safe space. This is a podcast. <laughs> it is safe. Like, is your comment section safe? Like, like, <laughs> no, but got, as much as you want to share. Like, like, yeah. As much as you want to share. So, all right, here's what I would say. Mm-hmm. It is almost always the best time to be black. Meaning, we keep progressing. So, regardless of how hard it is, you probably never want to do this 30 years ago. Mm. <laughs> you don't want to swap no for 30 years ago. Mm. Because even now, like, I understand the argument of, oh, you know, there was a time when there were, like, loads of black TV shows. Actually, outside of Desmond's, the real McCoy. I love Desmond's. <laughs> like, no, but legit. Like, because anytime you talk about back then, you talk mm-hmm. about Desmond's. Yes. What other you know. black shows were there? <laughs> I think there was this thing called Love. Obviously, I wasn't a rock. Like, um, there's a thing called Love Die Neighbor, I think. But that was obviously a black guy and a white guy. So it's not really like a black show. Yeah. Like, like a solo um, black show, yeah. Whereas now... You know, we're in a space where we have a show with Idris and we're actually saying, well, that's not really a black show, does it? Don't you take away Caribbean food. Like, we've gotten to the point now where we can debating yeah. whether a black lead is actually even a black show. Mm. Which for me is progress because back then, from them see a black man pass scream, them I watch it. They're not business if he might the only black man in yeah. there. Mm. <laughs> them I take it. So... <laughs> In that sense, I do think we're all we're getting better and just access as well. So I don't necessarily think that that's the industry progressing. I think that part of that is technology and access. Mm. Like, oh, your phone is 4K, dog. If you have an iPhone 12 or whatever, it's yeah. a 4K camera. Yeah. Whereas, so because of that, you can have people like Femi Oyeniram who's making Intent Intent Two completely independent. Yeah. You can have Ratman making Shiro's story completely independent mm-hmm. until them man see him and say, yo, brother, brother, we give you some money. Just, just make it for us, please. Yeah. And make Blue story. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have more autonomy now yeah. because of access to equipment and information to tell our own stories. Yes. So I would say that, and just access to information. Like, whereas I went to film school, Sebastian, who directed the pilot, man said he learned off YouTube. Yeah, you just oh, <laughs> get me. Wow. So even just that, like, and my, as you can see, it looks sick. Yes, YouTube the man learned from. Yeah. So even if you, as I said, even if there's a point nowhere, I'm not saying that it's not. Oh, let's be clear, it is incredibly hard, and still mm. have incredible. Listen, racism not going nowhere. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. But yeah, we now have more tools and resources to okay. fight against it. Yeah, I think that is the key. Yeah, I think that's about us, the audience supporting as well, going hard for it. The women mm-hmm. have about as well, so that's important as well. And I think also in terms of like the white media, all that kind of stuff, it's just very important that they allow all different types of black stories to be shared, not just the mm-hmm. traumatic ones all the time. Oh my god! It's <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just happy that us said with you is a great start. It's a great start of what we need. Yeah. Yeah, we need more of you. So I'm so excited for what's to come on. So I keep saying it because it's actually as an audience, <laughs> it's needed. <laughs> it's needed. 
Like, I can lose my mind. I love media. I love being a creative, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So to see Dream Wars Black as well, it makes my heart warm. I'm so happy to see that. Yo, bless, bro. And, and we're happy to just make it. We're happy to I'm make happy. work that the people really ride for. You know what I'm saying? Because wow. I feel like with a ride feet, funny enough, I feel like Dream Wars Black, people with a ride feet regardless. <laughs> yes. They might, might just see a picture with my face and a black woman and say, yep, buy in. <laughs> you know but that's all we need so all you see that Bruh, so, so, so because we're not making that much because we're we're not given this platform that often we take it mm-hmm. but but i'm just so glad that the people really ride for it you know what i'm saying like not just oh it's a black show it's like actually nah bro like mm-hmm. like even if i was to judge it against an american thing i actually still ride for this thing yeah you know, so yeah, man, I, I love, I love that the com- that our community is supporting it. I love that. My last question to you before I let you go, because I've taken a lot of your time. No what advice would you give to those that want to enter the TV and film industry? Mm. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> you know, it's funny when when I made the web series and was going to film festivals is the film funny enough the, the the web series festival circuit was actually spearheaded by a black guy you know wow. a black guy in la yeah so the massive web series circuit that's going on now with all these you know festivals and things to champion youtube work was actually spearheaded by a black dude yeah. um michael ajakwe and mm-hmm. he said if it's meant to be it's up to me you are your own agent don't wait create that's it. And I remember hearing that and was like, boom. And for me, for people to, to break that down to, to, to in more layman's terms mm. is use the resources you have and just keep going. Yeah. Keep growing. Because you can say, okay, I don't have, like, you know, I don't have opportunities to make a film. Mm. But there's also that, but you also need to get the skills first. Yeah. Then worry about getting the TV job. Cause the TV job is a whole other issue, you know. But if you're not good, <laughs> you, you can't get the TV yeah. job anyway. Cause you're not good. Yeah. So for me, it's using the up like, and I would say even less so myself. Like again, you have people look on look on what Michael Dapper did. Mm. Like it's nuts. Yeah. Like mm. you know what I'm saying. Like look at what Kyle did. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And even the, the team around them um, is a shame that this youth name, Evading Me Now, because I know it's a Jamaican youth. But like, <laughs> the team behind Michael Dapper, them mm. man, they not start with one bag of things, bro. Mm. Camera, Mike, let's go. Where lighting I go? You don't need that yet. <laughs> you understand? Yes. You don't have lights, shoot, de- shoots. if you don't have lights, shoot things in the daytime. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a mic, make a silent film. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Just Look keep. Look at Malcolm and Marie for some part of it. Come on. You know when you actually deep Malcolm and Marie and you're like, bro, these are two people in our house, you know? Even me, I look, who have resources now, like I have more resources now. Even I'm thinking, man, I really fumbled this bag. Because <laughs> but I really make up one story set in our house. Wow. relationship that's not as toxic nor mm. as violent mm. and who knows it would have been great too mm. like so you see what i'm saying you. like leave a look at cecile mk man and i know i'm going on about it but cecile mk years back did a show called aki and selfish mm. bruv that was literally about two black girls who are friends that's it <laughs> and each episode was set in like a bedroom mm. which i'm sure must have been hers yeah. or a kitchen, which I'm sure must have been her mother's, or a tennis court, which was obviously the park. Like, brother, yes. and that never have no great sound neither. But you know what's mad about her story? Mm-hmm. Is she directed Insecure off of the back of that. Wow. You see, you see what I'm saying? You see? So you could sit back and say, oh, you know, I don't have this, or I don't have that, or it's not as good as it could be. Yo, dash it out there in the world. Mm-hmm. You don't know who I watch it. Mm. 
You know what I'm saying? Yes. So yeah, man, I would say just make make with what you have and as you grow your resources, expand with what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an thank honor. Thank you for having me. No, Trust thank you. So this much. is wise, bro. Oh, I love that. That's what it matters to me. As long as you enjoy it as well, that makes me happy. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I love, I love that. I love your energy. And oh, energy. thank you so much. Thank bro. you. So, where can the people find you? Bro, the people can find me in, in, on the internet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like s.ajani on Instagram, A D J A N I, the Ajani on Twitter. And yeah, I did some of that. If me not, me not, if you're there on LinkedIn and them thing, I'm there, there but me not. And it's been your boy, the classic Benny. Use the hashtag TCM show to let us know your thoughts. Make sure to follow, share, subscribe, review all the good shit to do. Uh-huh. As I always end the podcast, don't forget to always do you and be unapologetic. Bye. <laughs> I'm a classic man.